Hello, it's me. I'm your Eric, and I'm here to make you happy with another episode of Anime Tour Bus. And who's that sitting next to me? Well, that's you, listener, and Mr.'s up front to lead us. She's got something to say. Do you understand that we have like 26 fucking episodes of this goddamn podcast and you have never once changed the introduction and now it's the musical episode and we didn't tell me. Mad we're gonna sing today, you know why? Cause the music hit me in our first episode. Well, I was a little off at the end there, but hey, everybody, welcome back to another exciting day. And just like I did just now, we're going to hit them snow white notes. Mesker, oh. talk me through the episode. <laughs> I haven't had wine for this. <laughs> I haven't had enough Pino Grigio for musicals to be appealing. Every show has to have their musical episode. And listener, I don't know if that one's going to be this one, truthfully. <laughs> oh, God. God called in sick today. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Anime <laughs> Christ, called in sick. Mesker, talk to me about Snow White Notes. Today we're covering episode four, which is titled Spring Dawn. Setsu decides to play for his friend's grandmother. Um, I do want to say that every episode seems like it has so much happened, but actually almost nothing happens when I sit down to write this stuff. <laughs> we, get, we get to experience the unlocking of the grandmother's memories, bits and pieces of her childhood and how Setsu's grandfather affected her. There's also some crazy shit going on with maybe that adult rival Shamisen player. And oh, also Mama's back. So, Mesker, um, when the crazy rival Shamisen player was talking, I got a little bit of um, of our, our vibes from, uh, God damn it, Juju. I got a little bit of Juju vibes. How'd you get Juju? How'd, how'd you get a case of the Jujus? So let me just throw this out there. When he was talking to the other one about like this, this boy's potential and whatnot, it was just like Mojito. He was kind of talking just like Mojito. So you're saying that this adult Shamisen player, this kind of like, uh, he's being pitted as a rival right now, but might somehow become a mentor later on. I, I doubt he becomes a mentor. He just kind of seems like very doubtful. He just seems like, you know, a professor. Professor Oak's grandchild. Gary Oak, yes. You're telling me that he reminds you of the dude that takes humans and turns them into terrible monsters. Who knows? He might do that to our main boy. Might turn him into a terrible Shamisen monster. Terrible what? Is terrible a- Shamisen monster? Is he a monster that plays the shamisen, or does he somehow become grafted with the shamisen in an eldritch manner? I was actually going more for the second one, but I'm I'm real into the idea of essentially a bardic monster. 
<laughs> just one that's like grabs their guitar, strums it, and goes. Ah! <laughs> Gives you, that old you... Polish monster scream. So you've glossed over like the entire first half of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those were the meaningful parts. But I just wanted to talk about the vibes I was getting, Metzger. Um, oh, okay. We didn't start to feel anything until halfway through. Okay. Real talks. So our boy plays a song for the grandma after a lot of buildup for it. That's right? the end of the episode. After a lot of buildup for Did it. Did you just not pay attention to the beginning at all? Yes, of course I paid attention to the beginning. So you don't like you were not going to talk about how his memory of grandpa is like if you want my sound so much steal it. Yeah, and he's like make your own version of which he did. He did make his own version. Let's just go and spo- ahead. And spoilers, that. spoilers. For some reason, you had not watched this yet. Says who's a thief. He's a little thief music boy. He stole my heart and his grandpa's sound unsurprising to both um so let me just throw this out there mesker um this episode made me tear up made eric get a little cry oh did it yeah i'm super interested now so and that's what i was kind of going for you like oh you skipped a whole first party you did skip most of the episode like i hope nothing in here was chronologically important as eric bulldozes over everything just go straight to feels so what i'm trying to say is uh is that there's this moment okay so he's playing the song and we get to see uh young grandpa um basically freezing to death we see a man on the cusp of the the edge of life and this little girl says here's my potato i saved it for you for my rations and he's like i shall play you a song and he does and it's a good song, and it makes a little girl kind of like t- she's she's talking. It's like my dad died, and so like it's not that big a deal if I die also, which is a wild statement. But then the guy's like, "No, you must live," and then plays this song with like freaking intensity and that whole "you have to live" thing combined with the song. I'll tear it up a bit, Metzger. I do really like that. Grandma says. She is glad that she kept living. I think that's pretty inspirational, truthful. We all kind of have bad times, good times. And, uh, I mean, I feel like that sometimes you need to hear that. And if that comes to you in the form of a shamisen man, then all right. Uh, that was the one part that really got to me. I also kind of did... I kind of digged his cool boy thing where he where she's like, thank you for playing for my grandmother. And he's like, sure. I'm really excited to see the budding love triangle between the other Shamisen fan club members. Yeah, the one tall boy, the one that she turning back kicks into a radiator. I. I. It's super obvious that Kaido likes Shuri. And now we're starting to see that maybe um, Maida likes Kaido, even though Maida is kind of set up to be the best friend of Shuri and is supposed to be like 
her support system, always looking out for her, best gal pal sort of situation. And yet, when it comes down to it, she's thinking, or she shouts, "You! all you think about is Shuri. And he's a clueless boy, like, uh <laughs> Like, just yeah. literally making a grunt sound, like, I do not understand this. But I'm gonna be mad about it anyways. I'm a man, and I don't understand another person's feelings. To which, when Setsu sees them later, he's like, what's up with you two? You didn't have to come. And they're like, no, we both want to be here. (laughs) No, so, I mean, that's frankly all that I got from this one. Like, I enjoyed it, but, like, not a lot happened, you know? I mean, there was a lot of setup where we kind of have two... I don't really know how you would create a villain. Like, how do you... In an anime like this, I want to challenge you. For me, right now, on the spot, write a shamisen antagonist. Okay. Virus man that can destroy the skin of shamisens. Okay, you've just got a guy that, like, hates shamisens and Japanese culture and all the tradition that it stands for. Mm -hmm. So much so that, like, he sneaks into people's homes and he, like, violates the skin of the shamisens. No, 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 no. This isn't a sneak into home. This man or is this has one of those, used like, science in a crude and a way that science was not meant to be used to destroy Japanese culture um, and turn himself into a, an Andromeda strain-style virus. See, I would... Okay. I would rather him be, like, destroying the materials that shamisen are made out of. So it creates, like, once a shamisen breaks, it cannot be repaired because people can no longer gain access to these skins. So, like, we're killing, I don't know, maybe it's like a goat? No. I want to create a collector character who goes around and murders people and turns their skin into shamisens. Metzger. Metzger for his collection he's like show me your sound he's <laughs> i i bet you sound delightful <laughs> everyone in this anime talks about sound everyone's that was something that i've been picking up is that everyone has their own sound this is the sound of a heart yours is the sound of a bell now, someone else's yeah. was the sound of a bell, and, and Setsu's is the sound of the heart. Yeah, no, no, no. The the bad guy is the sound of a bell. Like, his yeah. ring's clear. Which, already, a little bit more juju. Like, everybody's got kind of their own flavor, you know? Yeah, everyone shows their hand. Oh, wait, no, is that one <laughs> not where we were going? I'm so, I, I think I read the room wrong, I'm sorry. And so, um, Mesker, what's the weird thing on the back of, the, back of his hands that makes his hand tight? <laughs> he wears a little like thumb finger band that makes his hand tight. What is that? Yubikake. The Yubikake is a tightly knit sleeve which is fitted over the index finger and thumb. When playing shamisen, the friction of the skin rubs against the neck, making it hard to play. The yubikake adds a layer between your hand and the neck, reducing friction and making playing much easier. 
It's like if he has those boxer wraps, like, but instead of on his knuckles, it's just to protect his palms. I, it's not to protect his palms, but it goes the the finger finger tissue, the pads of his fingers, finger pads, yes, finger pads. And you didn't you didn't have a fun moment with Mama where she's getting full body massaged by like six masseuses. I mean, truthfully, all I thought was, oh my god, this is my goals. Like, <laughs> I want this thing that she has in her life casually. Meanwhile, I'm over here thinking, what a gross misuse of wealth. Burn the rich. I did think that. Like, this is a level of rich I strive to be. I'm investing in Dogecoin again just so I can have this. You see, Eric is so easily corrupted. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I am the worst person to give any level of power to. When I can exploit the power, then I'm ready for it. You and I are two drastically different people. <laughs> I'm the opposite of the King Arthur story. The boy who doesn't want power and receives it. I'm the one who's like, gimme, gimme, please. And I stick out my hands, kind of flex my fingers. Please, I want it. God have mercy on our souls. So, uh, Mesker, I'm ready to talk about the other one. I actually have more fun with the other one today. It does seem like the other one has a lot more nonsense with which to. It is full of way more of your type of humor. It's easily digestible. It's it's nice on the heart a little bit sometimes. Other times it's very trying. <clears throat> you want to hit that social media? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, if you're interested in interacting with us, go ahead and follow us at Anime Tour Bus on Instagram or also Anime underscore Bus on Twitter. Uh, the more you interact with us, the more I interact with you, the more friends we all have together. The louder the bus becomes. Help us, help us achieve our goal of turning the bus into a cacophony of unearthly noises. Um, will they be sexual? You decide. Come to our Twitter and tell us what you want. Tell us how sexy you want. Okay, well, Metzger's about to break check the bus. Listener, please sit down. You don't want to stand up like Eric. You're going to fly forward and smack the front of the bus. <laughs> I've literally broken the glass before. <laughs> My face is unrecognizable. Had to have it redone. You can also visit us at meyouandweeaboo.wordpress.com where you can see pictures of us and read little blurbs. We're hoping to expand that into the future to have more fun content for everyone. We're, we're in this for the experience. We're in it. The money? Well, I was, I was trying to make a joke about how you need five years of experience before you can get a job in your field that you... Okay. <laughs> Metzger, there's no way that this becomes our full-time job. We're, I'm literally just hoping for, like, enough to, like, get my Jimmy John's or something. Sponsor? But not sponsored! Even though, because of your bullshit, I have a fun mug. <laughs> so, Metzger, let's talk about our, uh, my favorite show this week. Your your favorite show this week. This week. This one. This week. This one and this me, week alone. The one made me cry. This one made me feel a little good. 
Okay, let's be careful about what kind of good it was. This is episode 3 of Nagatoro. It's called Let's Play Again and Over Here. While Nagatoro and Senpai run home in the rain, Nagatoro invites him to her home to play video games. Nagatoro invites Senpai to sit with her friends at the lunch table, and maybe, just maybe, she gets jealous. So the jealous one we're going to get to, that was the one that made me feel good. I like that one. Um, so, Mesker, let's talk about the rain scene for a second. First of all... Can we I talk saw... about before the rain scene? Oh, and then she just drops her skirt. And also opens her, her blouse and is like, what, were you expecting my titties? So it's very much like, on the border of flashing. And, and like, I don't know. that That's a little weird. I mean, that's Wendy. okay. Am I the only person that honestly does not understand the difference between a bra and a swimsuit at this point in my life? It's about consent, Metzger. Just because... No, I'm just saying, like, like, why can I wear a bathing suit down in public and it be a bikini, but I can't wear a bra? I mean, I think the, I think the whole thing's contrived anyway. It's like, why I... Why must I wear a shirt? Yeah, like, I... Why do titties different girl titties? I actually watched an entire video essay recently about the significance of vir- or virginity in ancient culture and how it still applies to this day in Western culture. It's pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. You know that they used to use urine to determine a woman's uh, virginity? That's not possible. Uh, if it was if it was cloudy, then she was corrupted. Okay. Um, but if it I... was clear and maybe even sparkling okay the virgin so the idea is that it has to do with her purity in some form or fashion i mean yes that's what virginity is always tied to and has always been tied to so i mean that's not how that's not how any of that works but okay like that listener if you think oh no i i have cloudy urine and i didn't think i had sex but now i guess i have listener that's not how it is immaculate conception. Welcome our new Lord and Savior to end time. You're in Christ. She's teasing him like, ooh, my shirt's really see-through. Don't look at me, you perv, and all that. And he's like, she did a trick on me earlier. It's the swimsuit. I'm not going to get juked by this again. He got double juked! He's like, when did she have time to change? There's no way. Like, she went from bugging me while in the swimsuit to what is that lacy blue bra? how he imagined like the the bra and it wasn't the blue one and and it was he had no he was not expect like this is not what she's gonna have this this blue swimsuit it's gonna be fine and she's a little embarrassed he's he's pretty embarrassed as usual and she does all of this shit to him but she is never actually prepared when like the money is (laughs) down right when he wins i don't think he wins i think he wins yeah no but she's definitely not prepared for when she like hypes him up and then the obvious conclusion is what happens he sees her bra which okay that's okay like all right you saw bra and then he's embarrassed she's embarrassed and then she's like okay where where do you live how far away are you and he's like 
like, go down the block, I go through a tunnel, I traverse through time and space. She's like, that's pretty far. And yeah. so he goes, where do you live? And she's like, right there. And then he's like, oh, well, that's not very far. And she's kind of like, yeah, sucks to be you. Oh, that's rude. I guess I kind of care about you. Why don't you come to my house? I think it's more than I guess I kind of get. Like it's. I really like that when he gets there, he is 100% prepared to just stand in the entryway until like- the rain passes. He's like, no, I don't need to take my shoes off. No, I, I'm just going to stand I'm right here. I'm going to stay in this point in time and space, and I will exist here. And this is where I live now for like the next few minutes. My favorite secondary character in this is obviously the cat that looks like Batman. And the cat that pisses on his shoe is a form yep. of humiliation. Yep. I do really like the parents and the cat, and they're like, goo, 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 goo. and they're poking him. Yeah, and they're just all three just pop, 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 pop. Yeah, no, that, it was very funny. I really enjoyed I I found weirdly wholesome their video game time together so i really feel like this voice actor is giving it his fucking all literally everything he has yes she offers him a place to change like throw your towel or throw your clothes in the dryer here's some of my brother's clothes you're so tiny they're gonna be too big on you and then he's like wait a second and then he just dramatically mentally shouts Yeah, no, and has that, that like, okay, there's a weird scene where we see her butt and side boob in this one, and it made me feel weird. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. Um, But it's his imagination of it, and I don't think that that makes it better. I don't don't think it makes it better. And then she stumbles in and somehow exactly reads his mind and is like, Teehee! We have this cute moment where they're playing video games and it's a game he's good at and she is not. Of course and she's he, good at it. He's a huge nerd. But she was talking about how good she is. And sometimes girls are just like accidentally, maybe even, but she's been playing it a lot and is really pumped about it. It's a game that he's pumped about, she's pumped about. And then he fucking destroys her immediately. And then so she... He says, have some pain for once. (laughs) Which I was really into. Like, he's like, "Uh aha, justice in the form of video games. (laughs) It was just very funny and nerdy. Like, this is the training for. My dad said it would never come. (laughs) Um, so yeah, he destroys her, and then she resorts to, and I'm gonna side with him on this one, cheating. Oh, it's cheating, it's totally cheating. So she's, like, blowing in his ear and distracting him, and, like, stomping on his spine, and, like, doing a lot of things to, to cheatsy-doodle her way to victory. But they, they both had fun. They, they, they both agreed. had fun. They agreed that they both had fun, and, and really that's all that matters, right? Yeah. And they they want to do it again. They together. And it was one of those moments that made me like really happy. And then it was destroyed mere moments later when I realized, oh yeah, there's a second half of this episode. And he goes, 
She is not my girlfriend, but... And then nothing. <laughs> but... I'd fuck her anyways. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the many conclusions I drew. I did also write in my notes that Senpai is a scrub. Scrub Lord Senpai! Is that because he never stands up for himself? No, it's because he allowed her to to cheat by by tickling him and bullshit. The scrub lord. <laughs> that is that's very scrubbish. Senpai wants to eat alone, but oh no, all the seats are taken. It's an exceptionally busy lunch day in the cafeteria. Maybe it's raining or something. It's definitely not raining. They show you the outside. It's sunny. Nobody wants to eat outside today. I don't know why Senpai doesn't just go eat in the art room like a loser. I don't think thinking loser. Okay. <laughs> I to be fair, I do not believe that Senpai is a loser. Also, I, I do not just... believe that if you eat in the art room, you're a loser. No, and I don't think it's it's wrong to eat by yourself. In fact, that was one of my few moments of reprieve during college was to eat by myself, away from anyone else, and just kind of settle for a second. Uh... He gets waved over by Nagatoro and, oh no, her friend group. Okay, so this is where we get to a very chunky, kind of meaty part of this episode. I really enjoyed the second half of this. Me too. There were parts of it. Okay, so let's just dive in. The The girlfriends are like kind of understanding like, oh, He's he's a dork loser boy, and and we can poke at him, and he doesn't stand up for himself. Yeah, they're like, the... you her boyfriend, and he's like, <laughs> we get this moment where they're suddenly like, oh, we get it, and then she Nagatoro is like patting his head and making fun of him. Yeah, they call him a pet. A yeah, a pet, they and she's like, you are like a pet. I did. I didn't like it when he was like, "I'm not her boyfriend," because you could tell that she was a little bit sad about that. A little oh, bit. Yeah, she was like, "Wait, hold on. I didn't actually think about this. Maybe I want you to be a boyfriend." Yeah, especially because all the other guys are like losers, but like different. <laughs> They're self-absorbed losers. Yeah, that one. And so we have this this moment where. She's like patting his head and being silly and all that and, and touching him in the usual ways that she tends to do. Uh, very silly. And then another girl goes to do it and she sees it once and is uh, like on his hand and is like staring and is clearly angry about it, but hasn't said anything. She's like touching his head and all that. And you can tell it's a weird form of like reclaiming. Like she's like touching him in a way that is like, tee hee hee, he's mine. And then the other girl, she's straight faced slaps the girl's hands away and then like has this wild crazy ass look in her eyes and then goes you don't want to touch him his head is sticky but it is the most girl warning glare i've ever seen listen i'm a dude i've missed out on a lot of like potential romantic opportunities because i've missed signals um i saw this one bright (laughs) as day y'all this one was super clear to me and Eric, and like this is this is her. Like, if ever a dog has been like, and another dog, this was that moment. 
And so then we see another thing of the the one smaller of the friends, uh, a little bit more clueless of the friends, being like, I'm going to touch him. She grabs the hand. The more mature looking of the friends definitely understands what is happening. And is playing Nagatoro as much as she's playing Senpai. All the way up until the point to where Nagatoro says, you've gone too far, take it back. So, Mesker, I want to ask you about this. I, th- this is my thoughts, but I want to know yours. I think the the more mature friend understands it better than Nagatoro. Yeah, no, I think I think the mature friend knows exactly what's going on. She sees more this in- so than Nagatoro, who is literally the one, the the antagonist, if there is one in this. She's not. She's not thinking too much about like the implications, because later on they do this thing where it's like, Senpai, you need to stand up for yourself, and if you can't stand up for yourself, you need to just slap people. So she tries. She tries to teach Senpai how to bitch slap people, which was very funny. And um. Also, and, I saw the boob slap coming from like a million miles away. Yeah, but what I didn't first see was when when she like starts poking fun at him and he he starts to like almost cry. And then the sadist comes out. Just gonna cry are you gonna cry creepy little pervert which i thought we were past that i thought we i thought we might have been past that it fucking triggered her she was like super into it she she loves his tears she's like "Mm, give me them tears i won't eat them she needs him to cry (sighs) she's like you can't get off if you don't cry (laughs) that's so wild okay so damn so she she teaches him how to bitch slap, and then from there he accidentally bitch slaps her titty, and she's like, "Did you mean to do that?" And she's a little bit more happy about it now, and seems not as not as angsty about him doing titty touches, or I should say, unexpected about him doing titty. She still gets a little red faced, but I don't know. It seemed a little bit more like, yeah, you know. Hentai. <laughs> so, Metzger, there's a little scroll thing at the end. Did you get to see that? I didn't. I shut it down. I didn't watch it. Metzger, you missed out. So, I i mean, I sometimes enjoy just kind of listening to the outro themes. Kind of gets me out of that world. I'm like, okay, I can transition back to the non-animated world. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have those issues. Yeah, because you live in the animated world. You're you're a beacon of the anime world. That's why you're our leader. <laughs> so, Mesker, there was a scroll that she's like, so I'm not your girlfriend, huh? That's the next thing. We got to figure out what we are. So this next episode, I think there might be some some uh, some answers. Here, we'll, we're going to Google Nagatoro is canceled. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we did talk about this last time as like, I don't necessarily, especially with the last episode, like I didn't necessarily like what I was seeing. This episode I thought was more wholesome. I brought it back to I hate to say reasonable, but reasonable place. I feel like there should be more from him to make it okay. 
but so apparently the main complaint is that uh the bullying might be a little bit bored but i think the people that are calling the bullying overboard are people that maybe don't understand bdsm dynamics or mechanics yeah because i definitely don't as far as as far as a healthy bdsm relationship is concerned I really don't think this is overboard except for their lack of communication. I, I absolutely agree. I think that like the only thing that makes this bad is the fact that he hasn't given full consent or he keeps getting put in these scenarios that like it's not clear that it's not just outright bullying. And not with like, yeah, I consented to this, yeah. With with us having a very limited understanding of one, the manga, and two, of bully culture in Japan, we don't know if there are... Because America has recently taken a very big anti-bullying stance, and since I'm not in high school, I don't know how well that's going on. I do know that in my workplace we take um, bullying pretty seriously. And while we will rib each other, you can always tap out at any point in time. And if it becomes a problem, we'll shut shit down. Um, I mean, in the mines, we uh, we weed out the weak. Okay, so bullying culture reigns supreme in the Lord of the Flies employer that Eric exists with. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah, actually, kind of. Um, not gonna, not gonna tell you which stage of employment in my life I'm on, but it's not the good one. We're looking to change it. Um, so anyways, a little bit less about Eric here. Um, no, it's, uh, I feel like, yes, we have taken an anti-bullying stance, but we've also taken a pro-BDSM stance here in America. Very but... much so, as, as BDSM. Okay, so the problem Mm. I say I table this discussion because okay. I have not told you this yet, but I would like to have a couple of guests on the podcast. Ooh, I'm excited. That would specifically tailor towards this kind of content. Ooh, um, I can learn. Uh, one of them, one of them is just a really big anime fan who listens to the podcast. And has shown interest in making an appearance. So we'll let him on. But then the other one is actually someone who is quite involved in the local BDSM community of my area. And is always down for moments to educate other people. I 100% am on board. Yeah. So that's what I got in the works. Yeah, the audience will have to forgive me when I ask dumb questions to this expert because I I gotta know things. I gotta understand. Hey, Mesker, I think we're uh, pulling up at our final stop today. I think our final stop is a petting zoo. Metzger, what do they have there? Tapirs. I think we're uh, getting off now. Let's check it. Don't forget to see the elephants. Bye! Bye. <laughs>
Haiku, haiku.